Getting split Getting ready. Split Getting ready. split ready. Getting split ready. For my wife, God rest her soul. Oh God, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. She's not dead. <laughs> We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show? Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. We've got Hirsch Sherman from Lifecycle Financial LLC, correct? Correct. Talking yeah. a little bit about um, a strategy. And I think, I, I kind of think this actually plays together because I think part of the reason people can't find humor is it's a catastrophic event in their mind, as opposed to being able to not glide through it, but move through it elegantly. So talk a little bit. We had a great conversation when we brought you on the platform. I did want to do a shout out. You're one of our great split ready divorce uh, financial pros. You can find your, his information on our website as well as what he's going to talk about uh, after when, when we tell you how to get hold of it. But talk a little bit about your, your, your philosophy because I love it. Yeah, you know, and it's so true what you were saying about the, the uh, photographs and you get all this creativity and then you find when people are going through their divorces, they just have no creativity in how to come to a solution. It's kind of interesting. They, they save it up till the end or something. I'm not quite sure what that's all about. Um, so you asked about the, the approach, I guess, or, or my philosophy. I take everyone and I start with the simple phrase of prioritize, organize, simplify. Uh, when you're working through this, you have to understand what your priorities are. If you don't, you're never going to get there, right? It's, it's just not going to happen. And very often, they don't even know what their priorities are because from a financial perspective especially, they might never have dealt with them. You know, a lot of the people I deal with right now, they call it the gray divorce of 50 and over. The last time they paid a bill, for example, they had a liquor stamp, you know, write out an envelope and walk into the post office. Um, and I, I'm dealing with people in their 50s, their 60s. I've even got one who turned 71 about three months ago. And so they are sometimes like a deer in the headlights when it comes to this kind of a thing because they, you know, they're in the middle of this, in a military phrase, they're behind enemy lines and they, they just don't know what to do. So really, if you want to have the best outlook and the best outcome, you want to start before. You don't want to start when this is happening, before everything is happening. If you have the opportunity, you're not always the one that files. But if you are, you want to understand, how do I put my team together? And, you know, a team sounds very expensive, but sometimes it actually saves you a lot of money. Because, no offense, you, your divorce attorney has an expertise. I'm not putting them down. It's important to have the right people but they're not always a financial expert and they're not always the therapist or emotional expert and they're not the real estate and the mortgage expert. And sometimes it sounds almost counterintuitive. You put people together on a team and you let them be one team for you and your outcomes can be significantly improved by doing something like that. The other one, obviously, I think everybody kind of knows this intuitively, but doesn't always do it. Put a support team together emotionally, friends, whether it's a support group, whether it's a, ch you know, a church group, whatever it is. But my, my rule with that when I told people, it's got to be positive people. I think we need, um, we need more comedic support groups. Yes, thank you. That would be huge. Everybody could write this might be something new. Yeah. And I have, I have on my watch party one of the doctors who works for the North Jersey Health and Wellness where she's saying the same thing. She referred so many of her patients to the Healing for Humor program that not even were going through divorce. 
that it's because it helps people identify problem areas where like I, I rant I'm Italian I use my we use our words and our bodies we go off and I say well this is the best avenue for me to go into mom if the arts to filter this and and so with comedy it's accepted because you're kind of reflecting back on you know I know I shouldn't text my ex-husband five different text messages about why I think you know certain things aren't appropriate right. for the, his weekend, but it's because it's, so what's necessary, what's not. So I can filter the humor part of it and let myself feel better and not go off on him for, for silly reasons. People that the divorce is not the last chapter in this part of your life. It's the first chapter in the rest of your life. And you yeah. need to, you can use that. It's, it's cool. I don't think I made that up. You can, um, um, <laughs> we have to get that in your bio. I don't think but, you have that in your bio. We got to get that on the site. I'll, I'll put that in, but I, I, I believe that so much because people can destroy their relationship trying to get that extra $2 out of their spouse, and then they're never going to be able to co-parent going forward. Mm -hmm. And, you know, think, they, they need to think about that. They need to be a little bit more creative. I, I, I got to tell you, I, I just got to put this out because since we started with this support group through Divorce Diaries, I'm thinking, I, I'm envisioning you having this support group. And everybody's there and you welcome them and thank you for coming. Okay, we're going to start up. Everyone's going to go around the table and tell one funny thing that happened to them in their divorce. Like, I'm imagining starting your divorce support group that way. I mean, well, I've done that. Very interesting. Have, you been to, have you been to one of my shows? I've, I've actually done I, that for... I, I haven't seen all of... I haven't seen too many of my shows, but I love that. You know what? She's and, been and in Chicago. She that. performed... Like I performed Zanies. at Zanies. Yeah. And, and you know what's funny yeah. is that I, I've said that to people, like what's, I, when I have some do, you know, interviews with the podcast, I said, well, what's the funniest thing about divor your divorce specifically? And it's really not even uh, me and my ex-husband. It's like, the, I mean, we get into it sometimes, but like my lawyer looked at me as the first mediation I had, I, not mediate, it was I had to go and sit with another woman who was going to possibly a mediator, I think it was. And I'm horrible sometimes with the terms. I just remember him prepping me. He's like, Michelle, keep your mouth shut. Oh, it was, it was probably an evaluator. It was not evaluator. an yes. evaluator. Yeah. Sandra already knows that she can yeah, tell yeah. them about, I would say something in defense of my mother. Like, and, and so I kept my mouth. I followed the directions of the teacher. Like my mother always taught me. And I listened to what he said and I left. And at the time, my ex was so emotional, even though I'm an emotion, more emotional being than everyone I ever met, like he was emotional. And I walked out feeling like, I did it, I did it. And like, that was the funny moment that I was proud of myself for not acting like a crazy Italian from North Jersey to get my point across. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think people are so unaware of when they go in, you know, one example would be that people always think, okay, we're going to split things 50-50, it should be, you know, and when I tell them it doesn't have to be that way, it's so interesting, they're like, look at you, and I go, well, how many houses do you have? One. All right, are you taking the left or the right? You're splitting it right down the middle, like, you know, it, it just doesn't work that way. So, you know, a part of it is that education for them, which maybe helps them in the emotion side, but, you know, taking a bit of that, that time to educate them on the path that they need, I think is very important as well. So do you, Hirsch, do you tend to work with both divorcing spouses or kind of what's your model of working with the client? 
I, I've done both. Um, I am a trained mediator, but I don't mediate in the true sense. I, I've sat second chair a few times and been neutral, you know, a, a financial neutral to help them. Um, I've got a couple of clients right now who are divorcing. It's relatively amicable and I'm, I'm working as a neutral, even though it's, it's not collaborative. And I'm actually working with one couple right now. It's very interesting. It's, they both divorced and they've met each other and want to move forward. But I have no idea how to combine and or meld, I guess, you know, blend into a new couple, which is also an interesting, um, I guess, market if you want to look at it from that perspective. Most of my clients, realistically, though, are women getting divorced. The man tends to do the finances, whether they're 30 or 60, I'm still finding the same thing. I always say to them, though, he wasn't born with a calculator. He had to learn it. And just because he did it certainly doesn't mean it's doing it well. Um, I believe if they work with me, I can teach them how to do it significantly better than their spouse ever did it. Well, another great subject. Now, Hirsch, if somebody, besides going to our Split Ready Divorce Pro Network, if they want to get hold of you and, and right. want to learn more about going through this in a, in a, in a strategic manner, uh, what's a good way they can get hold of you? So my company is called Lifecycle Financial. The easiest way is go to my website. It is lifecycle.financial. There's no .com, .net. It's lifecycle.financial. It's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Read some of my blogs. Tell me what you think. I'd love to hear from you. And we will have, for all the guests, all the panelists, we will have all their information in the posted replay of the podcast. So if anyone listening or listening to the replay wants the information, it'll be there. So, um, and... Getting Split Ready is brought to you by Split Ready and the Split Ready Divorce Pro Network. If you're looking for credentialed and vetted pros to help you through a divorce, pros like Hirsch, pros like Sandra, go to the Split Ready Divorce Pro Network. You get a um, subscription free to Split Ready when you take the Split Ready assessment. And that's the first step to getting Split Ready. So Sandra, you and I have talked at length about, well, first, congratulations on 30 years of practice in law. And, and um, I'm happy to toast a virtual toast Chicago. tonight. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, but in the collaborative space and in mediation, you know, I, I joke a little bit, but you really are a legend. Like everybody knows you. You're, you know, an instructor at the, you know, Northwestern uh, mediation program that I know so many people that have gone through and that's where they learned. It's going online. It's going virtual. Oh, yeah, you and I were talking about that. Teaching, yeah. We were supposed Fantastic. to be teaching last week and now that's an interesting thing. It is. And, well, yeah. and that's, are you going to be teaching it online as well? August. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, and that's, you know, just the now. ability to take the, your 30 years of practice and teach that to more people is fantastic. But I know that limited scope representation takes on a lot of different, different forms. Um, anything from collaborative to people kind of doing it themselves. Like I, I compare it to semi-homemade cooking, right? You know, you buy a kit and you add some stuff and it's like homemade. But do you think that that's becoming more the future of divorce? I think it is. And I will tell you um, on June 10th, I'm doing a, um, a uh, webinar for, for the Illinois State Bar Association on limited scope. And the, this, the cover of our bar journal this, this um, month was about limited scope because folks are in, in hard economic times there just isn't the dollars there, right? Yeah. And lawyers now having to migrate to virtual with courts being closed, you know, people needing access to justice that they can't get. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the wave of the future. And I think 
And that's funny because I've been doing collaborative for, for 18 years now, and that's all it is, is limited scope representation. So now it is, the law is very slow to change. Now it's the, it's the topic du jour around the, um, at least in Illinois, in the legal community. So it's time has come. Um, we've been ready in the collaborative community. We've been preaching interdisciplinary practice. And I will tell you, in the last 18 years, practicing interdisciplinary and studying interdisciplinary with financial people and mental health people has really improved my skill set, right? right? It allowed me to go on to teach uh, um, mediation because you've got a different perspective. It's not the law. I mean, I'm here to tell you, if you want the law, here's what it is. In Illinois, we under professional code of responsibility. It says, so long as it is reasonable under the circumstances and the client gives informed consent, you can deliver services in kind of bite-sized chunks, right? So yep. I can ghostwrite something for you. I can go in and argue one motion for you. I've actually had a client who was very successfully did her own um, custody case in Illinois when we still call it custody. Now we call it parenting allocation, which is really a sea change in the language. Um, but, you know, I had a client who very successfully with coaching, with help ghostwriting, because she couldn't afford. She was she had a self-catering. She was a caterer at a catering business. Um, and just had a child who was 16, 17, was, she wanted to save her money to put that child through college and not spend it on, on litigation. And, it, you know, it's, it's not for everybody. So it's like everything. It's not for everybody. You have to, as a client, you have to decide for yourself. But I practiced, I started practicing, Doug, before the internet, before cell phones, right? I mean, right. It's a long time, right. right, where the information wasn't available. To Do you think that's been a driver for limited yeah. scope? Is that yeah. the, the, now, but the question would be, and, and this is where our client base, Mariah and I talk, it all, talk about it all the time, is there's a lot of information out there. doesn't mean it's good information. And a lot of people think that right. limited scope representation is – that prose is better. I'll do it myself. All the answers are out there. I'll write my own divorce decree instead of getting a little bit of help. And, and Hirsch and, and, and Michelle, if you guys want to chime in, um, it sounds like that's not the way to go. Yeah. It, it's, it's risky because you, you think to yourself, I have the ability to learn the law in the next, I don't know, six weeks where somebody's been, you know, to law school, been practicing in, in this case for 30 years has an enormous amount of legal expertise and you thinking, oh, I can get up to speed in six weeks, it's fine. I'm not saying there's not things you can do by yourself. There certainly are things that you can, but the, I, I firmly believe you should have some input from an attorney, whether it's reviewing that final document, whether it's guiding you on the basics of the law and how things come together. Uh, I, I'd be very, very uh, nervous if a client said to me, I, I'm going to handle all of this by myself, don't worry. I would worry. I definitely would. I would never, ever want to handle them. <laughs> I, I personally, I mean, I, I don't, I have a thing for people who are not in, who act, I have an agree, a grievance with people who, ha, who act as though they're experts because they read off of Google or Twitter as opposed to being an actual expert in the field. It, it really frustrates me. Um, and I, I'm going off of, you know, currently what's going on. Everyone has an opinion, understandable. But everyone also acts like an expert. Uh, and in, with, with divorce, for me, it was, now I'm going to have an attorney. Why would I not have an attorney? 
but mm-hmm. but not but what my the other thing was not just an attorney an attorney that is going to be on your side and and I don't say that because most attorneys you think oh but on your side I had your family wasn't a family friend it was a fa- friend of the family who was my first lawyer and that was a mistake uh, because they really weren't they really didn't want to take my case and it was evident and then I switched so I, I had to really should have evaluated the kind of uh, as opposed to just pulling the trigger with a lawyer uh, because I was so afraid of money at the time, mm-hmm. um, I felt like I really should have also, besides, you know, not at all representing myself, but finding the attorney that was going to really get me what I wanted, which was simple for me. And when he came to an agreement with me too on it, my ex-husband, it wasn't, it wasn't even a matter of, uh, fighting over anymore. But, uh, you know, at the beginning I needed someone in my corner. So, mm-hmm. Well, limited scope representation, see, it allows clients who cannot afford to have full representation. And here's the thing about representation, at least the statistics in Illinois, upwards of 70% in some counties are self-represented litigants. And what people don't recognize is what strain that puts on the system. The court systems are funded through taxes. So, you know, when you say, oh, okay, I'm going to go to the court system, it's free, and I don't have to have a lawyer, and I can walk into a courtroom, and it's free. It's not free. The rest of us, everybody who pays taxes in that county are paying for that system. So it's not a, well, I'm going to represent myself, and it'll be free, because people who don't know, then there has to be special you know, services and help desks, and that all costs money. And yep. yes, I want people to represent themselves. So I have no vested interest in saying, you have to have a lawyer, and you have to pick me. Because each family, I, the wheel I do for my clients is the people, the problem, the process, and that's always. And the people include the attorneys. And not, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I have a very specific philosophy about how family law should pra- be practiced. But the funny thing about me is I went through a divorce in the middle of law school with three-year-old wow. twins. Yeah. So you want some funny stories? We'll, we'll talk after, but I'll have to. I love that. No, I don't love that, but I think that there's some. Yeah, see, there's always a, there's uh, always no, a story. story. No, I got to ask you. There's got to be a lot of that, material with that one. Did yeah. that drive oh, you to yeah. family law? But, but we're very good friends, and we're now helping our daughter plan her wedding, an international oh. wedding that just got canceled and postponed. Oh. And, yeah. So we're still very good friends. So now, did, but, did, did going through a divorce during law school push you to family law? No, no, absolutely not. Because the first uh, three years I practiced, I did mechanic lien foreclosure where I represented contractors and subcontractors. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, because I worked full-time when I was in law school too. So I, I worked for a patent and trademark firm. They were the good days. Yeah, I actually took a, oh, can we do some therapy? Actually took a pay cut to go, to go practice law the first year I was out. <laughs> yeah. So it's not all, all that's cracked up to be. And I think lawyers... We are a very small part of the population. I think people don't realize what a, what a small, like in Illinois on any good day, there's like 70,000 lawyers who are practicing, active practicing lawyers. And there's 13 million people in Illinois. So we are a really small part of the population right. that's vested with, with all that, like they, you know, when people are at, at, you know, at odds with one another and then they resolve it, then it turns against the lawyers. So, you know, and, and we really are, I mean, as I said, the Bar Association, has really come around. I mean, initially, it was, it was not an easy thing to sell collaborative, which was limited scope, but the Bar Association, you know, had written rules and done this investigation on the lack of access to justice because people 
to arrive at the courthouse and didn't even know where to file. And the clerks aren't allowed to tell them or give them any legal advice. So the whole system. Especially before the internet. People can find some information now if they're semi-proficient yeah. at Google. Yeah. Before that, it was a crapshoot. Yeah. Well, and I, I want to I move a question for Hirsch is, let's say someone comes to you without representation yet, or they're starting going in that direction, and you're talking budget. How do you help them figure out the right kind of divorce? Because they might think they want a certain kind of divorce and they really don't have the resources. And I have those conversations. Very true. Tell me a little bit about how yeah. that, that meshes with your process. So I, I think there's a few things with that. One is, and, and it was said very well earlier, you really have to be comfortable with the professional you're working with. I, I, I think I'm very, very good at what I do, but I'm not right for everybody. I mean, if I'm not the right person and, and where I tend not to be the right person, is if I'm working with them, I want to set a realistic budget. So I do budgets differently. I start with them and I'll say to them, I don't care about your income right now. You know, most people are like, what's my income? How much do I spend? Let me hope I have something at the bottom. And, you know, I, I say ignore your income. Start with what you absolutely need to live off of. Now let's look at your income and see how they match and, and have a discussion then about moving forward. Everything is now a spending habit and a choice. And are they healthy or are they not so healthy, right. these choices and these spending habits? That's a big thing. But on the other end, I'll tell you this, 70% of people in this country or households in this country do not have a budget. Mm -hmm. And I wonder on the other 30%, how many actually live by their budget or, you know, they've got two kids since then kind of thing. And, you know, oh, yeah, I got a budget. Let me go find it somewhere, you know. Um, I, I think I think the guidance and, and just being raw, honest, and I don't mean that in, in a rude way. I just mean I, if if this is not going to work, it's not going to work. I need to tell you this is this budget's not realistic. I, I've also had on the flip side of that where people want to learn and be responsible, and they've been pressurized because the spouse is saying, "Just give me a number and we'll be done," mm -hmm. and they're like, "I don't know." Mm -hmm. And they really do need to do that work. And if you can do that ahead of time, like I was saying earlier, I think that is huge because then when it comes to these discussions, they can make rational decisions. I also think though, they need to be realistic. You know, divorce is not free. And sometimes saving a little bit by not using, for example, an attorney can cost you a lot more on the other end. Mm -hmm. And so I try to bring that into the picture to answer your question in a long-winded way. I do ask them, go speak to attorneys at a minimum and interview them. And I've, I've actually got a blog that tells you how to interview an attorney. But one of the things I want them to say is, if I don't use an attorney, what are the downfalls? Mm -hmm. Learn, uh, you know, and you can still make that decision. I, it's up to you.